Well, hey everybody, I'm Tim and welcome to Cigars Daily Live. Coming to you from sunny Phoenix, Arizona. Welcome to 2023. This is the second half of season five and we've got some amazing stuff going on this season. First of all, right now we're talking about New Year, and there's some new cigars this year. Exciting stuff to talk about. In fact, what we're all smoking right now is a really amazing new blend. Tonight's show is going to be great because, as usual, my name is Tim and I'm the host of the show. But all of you watching at home, you're the co-host. So drop your comments and questions down below. We're going to be taking them all the way through the episode. And, of course, to help me run this shindig is Billy the Kid and 100% John. Tim, is this show sponsored by C4 now? It's not sponsored by C4. You're I just sure didn't doing finish your... my pre-show C4. I saw you like <laughs> turning it just to make sure that C4 is... They're not uh... paying us. But the mouthpiece is put so perfectly that I can't not... Here, I'll put it behind my drink here. There, there you go. go. There we go. There we go. C4, get on it. And then we'll just move the can over <laughs> two inches. Uh, guys, keep dropping your comments and questions down below. Tonight's an exciting night because uh, we got a special guest. And that's going to be Oliva Nick who uh, mistakenly sent me this picture that I cut out, who looks like he's uh, requesting maybe something from the Godfather on the day of his daughter's wedding. I don't know. May so, your first please. child be a masculine child. <laughs> but you know what? I'll say this. Normally we do the show and there's a chair here and we pull it and we bring somebody on, but let's do something different because we've been, we've been continuing to level up here. We've, we've reached level five and a half, I guess, but Nick is right here. Let's just bring him on. Hey everybody. How are we doing tonight? Wow, look at you. Just so you know, I think you're way above level five and a half. Thank you. I record. appreciate that. Just for the record, yeah. Face for radio. Uh, the, so Nick is going to be able to join the episode. And I actually have to, it's weird because where Nick is sitting is not across from me anymore. It's like over a little bit. So I got to kind of look to him. Uh, so Nick is able to join the conversation now. And, uh, and we can actually see him when he talks all the way through the episode, which is what we really want. Exactly. That's, That's exactly the fun part. That's the fun part. Okay. Uh, I want to get some comments from you guys. Welcome back to 2023, guys. I can't wait to hear what's going on. Terrence is in the house, too. He just doesn't have a microphone because we're using all the microphones now. So sorry, Terrence. It's okay. <laughs> we love you. All right. What do we got, Billy? What's happening in the comments? <clears throat> uh, Tim, there's been a few comments that have come up about your Facebook group. Oh my, Guy Brandon Eccles. Well, we do have the one of the largest cigar Facebook groups on Facebook, which is okay. And uh, that's very exciting. Like <laughs> we're the largest or the second largest cigar group on Facebook. Like, you know, the, the way everybody says it in the cigar industry is it's like being the tallest midget. It's, it doesn't really count for anything. Uh, Tim, whose face do I need to put on a, a Swisher Sweet? Put out, oh, okay, put out a Swisher Sweet on to get approved on the Facebook group. Yeah, okay. So you're saying a few people have brought this up, Billy? That there's been a, like three or four comments I've seen pop through that they're having a hard time getting into our Facebook. I'm, I'm still not in the group, John. <laughs> <laughs> there's a reason for there's a reason for that. There's John. a reason yeah. for that. that hundred percent, John. Wow, we've got members of this show that can't get into our own Facebook group, which is. So I, I'm going to tell you guys this because this, this, like, I got to chuckle out of this. So our, our moderators for our Facebook group are amazing people, and they do an outstanding job uh, of letting people into the group and also kicking people out of the group who are D-bags, you know. But uh, as, as the, you know, you know, sort of these uh, people from all around the world, you've got some kid in Russia that hacks somebody's Facebook page and then puts a picture of a fat guy with a cigar on it, gets in all the Facebook groups and starts marketing products. And that's a real problem. So. 
we have uh, we put together a list of questions you want to answer to get into the Facebook group. Pay careful attention to those questions. There's only like three or four of them. And if you answer them, they should let you in. Uh, otherwise, I will chat with the mods because it's much harder to get in the group, which is crazy because we're still the fastest growing Facebook group. I don't know who actually gets in, but I've talked to several people about this. Maybe who, I'll have a conversation. What's that? Several people who actually made it in. Several people actually made it in. Good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for bringing that up. Maybe one of the mods is even watching right now. They're probably sitting at home not watching the show and kicking people out of the group. I don't know. I just, I imagine that's what they do all the time. All right, let's get some more comments. Dan Bader. This one's from Dashcam California, which I got to say is the name of a channel I feel like I would want to watch. Like, there's probably got to be some good, you know, video footage. Oh, God, police chases going by. And... I just want to see videos of Priuses flipping, you know, just like, just like, <laughs> flip, like a Prius is flipping off the road. Like, I assume that's what most of the traffic incidents in California Tim, are. Tim, what, if, if you, if you, if you pay for, for Terrence and I to go to California, uh huh, he can, he can video me flipping Prius. Oh. <laughs> Cow, cow tipping Priuses with a hundred percent John. I'm sorry. There's a comment here. Dashcam is is writing on his notepad right now. It's like, dear God, this is amazing content. I have to make all these. Videos. Write that down. Well, write that down. What really happens in California is three mile an hour driving. So he probably has That's, video of yeah. nothing. Literally, the guy's got nothing on video. Just Not, three miles. Especially an hour now after the new taxes on gas. Hey Tim, <laughs> sadly inherited a humidor from my best friend that died early in December. Now it's a really sad comment. I feel really bad that we're it joking gets about happier. It. Okay, your videos have helped me uh, learn a great deal on cigars and how to care for them. Thank you. We're terribly sorry to hear about your friend. That's terrible news. Uh, and we're so glad that the videos help. Like, I, in, it's, it's sort of the unintended uh, benefit of Cigars Daily. Like, I do this because I love it. But the initial, like, reason for, for Cigars Daily's YouTube channel is, like, if you got a, like, you know, a cigar thing, how do you let people know about it? And this is really a great way to do it. So when it comes to the Cigars Daily videos, I feel so proud that we've created a collection of videos that have information that wasn't accessible when I got into cigars, when Nick got into cigars, when 100% John got into cigars. Like, there was no like central yeah. repository for information. No. And so we've we've been able to create that. You know, That's why we say it's your best damn cigar content online for free. And that's all we, we ever want it to be. And what a great way to remember a friend. Right. Every time you go get a smoke. Hell yeah, dude. That's why I pulled it because that goes back to how cigars just kind of pull. Cigars bring it's, us together. Cigars bring us it's together. True. They keep us focused on what's important. Absolutely. I love that. All Amen. right. I want to get one more comment. We got a lot to do during this episode. So we're, we're, we're going to, we're going to keep the episode cruising, but give me one more. I'm like comment craving. I'm craving the comments. <laughs> John's upset. Some ranchers. John upset ranchers. <laughs> Josiah. Hey, John cow tipping ain't funny. Some of us grunts have to deal with that. <laughs> actually, Hold on a second. Actually, Josiah. I'm not the one who said cow tipping. I was flipping Priuses. <laughs> Josiah, do people actually tip cows? I've heard that it's not doable. Uh, it, I watched Tommy anyone... Boy, and it didn't turn out well for them. I also so. watched so Tommy Boy. I, I want to say that I grew up in a, in a farming community. Well, I went to high school in a farming community, and it is possible, but it's not easy. Not probable. And it really is bad for the cow. Well, I don't think when you tip a cow, you're that concerned about what it's going to do to the cow. But yeah, I understand that. It'd be like pushing me off a ladder, like just not healthy. All right. Uh, one more comment and then we'll keep going with the episode, right? Absolutely. 
I got the thought about pushing you off the ladder and I'm laughing in the head. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just laughing at you falling off a ladder. All right, that's fair. That's good. Uh, Jordan Everett says, it's been a while since you had a hygrometer in. Uh, are you phasing them out or more on the way? This is a great question. We're just going to get some inventory stuff out of the way. Um, no, we're not phasing out hygrometers. <laughs> you don't need them. Yeah, last, late last year, I was like, you know what's really a problem in the inventory? <laughs> the hygrometers. All these goddamn hygrometers. Let's get rid of them. There's too many. Let's get rid of these things. No, we're getting more. We're working on that. Here's the weird thing. We have been out of hygrometers for a while. But the cigar industry does this crazy thing because we're primarily a, a, primarily a Latin American industry. Like the whole industry shuts down for like two or three weeks surrounding Christmas and New Year's. Nick knows a lot about this. Yes, it's pretty much a month, not just two or three weeks. It's like it's, a it's month. A, it legitimately is a month that most of these places are shut down in in the factories. Like the, least, yeah. the cigar making. like, yeah. And then even the manufacturing shuts down here for a period of time. And so it like, there is a period of a couple of weeks where everybody's like messaging in there, like order everything you need. And some people are better at that than others, but we're making big moves this year to make sure that we correct little issues like that, that create gaps where things are missing. So not only Josiah, but others have chatted in. Are we getting cow tipping, tipping information? It's 100% legit, but they aren't doing it that with our cows. Uh, you'll get some buckshot in your rear. So That's don't do good. it to Josiah's cows, everybody. Don't do it to Josiah's cows. Stay away from Josiah. Well, I was fortunate. They just used rock salt back in my day. <laughs> Not anymore. It's gotten pretty ghetto out on the farms. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty dangerous out there. All right. Uh, all right. Uh, I want to keep cruising with the episode, guys. We got a lot to talk about tonight. Keep posting your cigar comments and questions down below. Uh, but we need to hit a Cigars Daily headlines. Big things coming up. And I just want to... There's only one. I want to talk about this because I think something's going to change. And when I think something's going to change, I want to bring it up because if I'm right, I get to say that I was right. That's pretty much purely why I'm doing this. So this one's from Cigar Aficionado. The announcement is that the uh, American embassy in Cuba is reopening. Now, if you remember last year, I mentioned this. The embassy in Cuba had closed and it closed because... People were just getting mysteriously like really sick, like like nobody knew why. Like everyone's just sick. It's like you come to Cuba, you work there for the United States government, then you get violently ill. We shut it down for a while. Now it's officially reopening, and there you can even see the subtitle here: "Move by Biden administration fully opens up processing of visas." So visas to go to Cuba. Now, here's why I bring this up, because here's what I, I think is going to be the result of this. Uh, if you guys remember when uh, when Obama was president, he opened up a lot of what was currently un or what was previously unavailable in Cuba. There was the ability to go there, buy some products and even bring them back. At one point, it was like one hundred dollars worth of stuff. And then it went up to like eight hundred dollars worth of stuff. But you could bring Cuban cigars into the United States. Now, trade with the Cuban government has always been completely illegal and the cuban government you know because it's communist uh, owns all the cigar factories all the fields farms everything and so there is there's never been any legality to selling or buying cubans in the united states but you could go there for a period of time now during the trump administration they they pretty much flipped the embargo back to the original embargo you couldn't really go there you couldn't bring anything back uh, you couldn't do anything with cuban goods i suspect 
that we may see some freedom coming into the Cuban, like travel to Cuba and bring some stuff back with you, especially because the Biden administration sort of seems to be basically a continuation of the Obama administration. And so uh, I'm, I want to keep an eye on that. I'll let you guys know what's coming down the pipeline, specifically with the with the Cuba and traveling there and what's going on. Cause I know that you guys are sort of into that thing. And I know that there's a bunch of you who are like, I don't care. Cause I don't like Cuban cigars. And I think the rest of the world's cigars are better. Especially if you live in a place where you can get Cubans, you kind of want the stuff from Nicaragua. Nicaragua. Uh, John, can well, you put you know that? What's interesting about that. If I could touch yeah. on it touch on for it. a second, touch it. When See, I was but in, gently, when I was in uh, Europe last year, I was, went to Belgium. Every store I went to, which wasn't many, there was like three or four had more Nicaraguan cigars. Mm than cuban cigars and where they, was this in belgium belgium in and belgium france. belgium and france so so that's the other thing i'm seeing dude and so it's interesting because what's happening is they're not able to supply their cuban cigars to the rest of the world how in the world are they going to supply cuban cigars to america right well yeah we smoke twice as many cigars as the rest of the world combined, combined right and it. so i it's it's fascinating to see that but also a lot of the nicaraguan dominican uh, uh honduran companies have been making huge strides to oh, open absolutely. up trade internationally. Like I'm even talking with brand new brands, guys who have launched their cigar companies in the last six months who are already pursuing international distribution. And so, uh, you know, one of them being, I hope I'm not blowing anybody, anybody's information up here, but West Tampa, that's Rick Rodriguez, new brand. They're doing a bunch of international stuff. And uh, I like even was working on trying to pilfer some of the European cigars for yeah. my place because I need more than pilfering. I can get. Such a nice word for stealing. Stealing. Well, I'm going to pay for them. It's I true. just want to sell them here, not there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, lots of cool stuff. Keep an eye out on the Cuba front. Can we'll we pull that happens. photo back up real fast? Yeah, pull that photo back up. Can we talk about how it looks? Terrence and I were saying this. That photo was taken last week, but it looks like it was from 1962. It looks like it was from the day Kennedy was killed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been recolorized. All right. Yeah, you're right. It does, which is amazing. We should they go to Nick. Can we take a can we take a camera and just go to Cuba and bring back a couple of cars? I would love to. All right. Oh, my God. I would. That's love the to. next video that Nick and I are. We doing. just have to make a raft to get the 90 miles from <laughs> Cuba to Florida, because I don't think there's and a, way a big enough raft to carry a car. Back. Well, now they're yeah. processing visas. I, I have to say, I actually have some friends in Phoenix that are from Cuba who are really great people. But they were telling me that all of those are powered by Subaru and Toyota engines. I've heard that. I've heard that from a lot of people. Really? Yeah, because you can't get the parts for the old engines, but they can get new modern engines. So they just slap a new engine in an old car. I heard, I've heard. i actually heard that from a few people. I like that. All right. Keep that mic nice and close to your mouth. I want people Sorry. to hear your, your beautiful My, voice. Yeah. You can pull it like the whole stand over. Okay. Um, now, other stuff going on in the world. Of course, we're talking about New Year, new cigars. And this one's big, okay? I, well, I should say this. Oliva doesn't like produce new stuff very often. And when they do, it's typically pretty decisive. Like they had the Oliva Serie V Maduro that for a number of years was a limited edition release until just in the last year or two, they made it a regular production cigar. In addition to that, they've put out a couple other things like the Nub, the Nub Melanio, yep. and then the 180 millionth anniversary is it 137.5 anniversary i'm not very good with those numbers i get i get a me little either. don't feel bad okay. yeah uh but now they have teamed up with uh justo iroya 
and even E.P. Carrillo to come out with a blend that's that is a classic in the cigar industry. We're going to look at Justo's cigar tonight, and that is Cuba Aliados, the original blend. So Nick is going to tell us a little bit about Cuba Aliados because he's been prepared with the sales pitch, and I pretty much, uh, I pretty much don't. Like, I just know what I've heard from him about it. So it's third-hand information for me. So let's, what what the hell is this thing, Nick? So what we're smoking is the original blend, Cuba Aliados, with the Habano. They call it a golden Habano wrapper. That's what the Reyes family originally on the original blend. And the reason they call it a golden Habano is, do you see how light-shaded the wrapper is? It is almost, it's like it's like like five shades darker than a Connecticut Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I've never smoked a cigar with this kind of, a Habano, this light like this before. So they call it a golden Habano. But essentially what it is, is it's a Puro um, from Honduras, which is completely like nothing Oliva has in their portfolio right. right now. It's kind of exciting because basically everything we do is Nicaraguan. So Justo Arroyo is is very successful in creating wonderfully great cigars in Honduras. Um, so we went to him as a partnership. Aliados means alliance. We went to Justo nice. Arroyo and we said, hey, let's create a partnership. You make a cigar for us. We'll make a cigar for you. That kind of thing. We did the same thing with E.P. Carrillo. So I believe their cigar is called the Alliance and okay. ours is called Cuba Aliados, which is the Cuban Alliance. So we're going to different manufacturers to have them kind of help us make cigars. And you might ask why, because Oliva really is, I mean, to the best of my knowledge, we're, we're a well, larger company. Everybody hates you. Yeah, everybody does hate <laughs> us. But, but, but it's good to be hated every once in a while. But it is. Um, we went to these manufacturers because of all the kind of the friction in the cigar industry. As you know, and I'm sure a lot of the followers, we've talked about it before, about a lot of the bigger manufacturers don't come to our trade show. So it's kind of put a damper on our trade show the last few years, in my opinion. And right. Again, this is me speaking. Other people listening might have different opinions in the cigar industry. But so we wanted to do something with other manufacturers to kind of create an alliance, a, a, a thing where basically we help them, they help us. Because in our portfolio, we have mild and we have full bodied and everything in between. So it's hard coming out with a different cigar regularly. And that's why we don't do it, because when we do, we want it to be awesome and great. Right. So, so, yeah. Okay. The, this is so fascinating to me. I say that other brands hate Oliva and I just, to be totally honest, they really do, but only because only the value of Oliva is so good. Like so many people know Oliva as a brand where you can typically get a good deal, but Oliva somehow, and I don't know, maybe you can speak to how, how Oliva does this, Nick, because they, oh, so what typically happens with a brand is you know, online outlets end up getting the stuff and it gets just marked way down. And then the value of the cigar decreases. A $10 cigar sold for $4 online is now a $4 cigar. Then brick and mortar shops can't sell it anymore because everyone that comes in realizes that they've been getting them online. So they won't buy them there. Somehow Oliva's done this without devaluing their cigars really at all. Like Milanios are still worth 10 to 15 bucks. And like you, you find deals on the stuff, but somehow, how has Oliva done this, Nick? So what we, I think, and again, I'm speaking from my point of view, because there's a lot of decisions made by a lot of very important people above my pay grade. So from my point of view, it hasn't been easy. It's hard because there really is two avenues. And you know this, there's the online avenue, there's brick and mortar. And right, right. predominantly most cigar shops being brick and mortar want the love and they want the attention and they want all that. Does that make sense? So right. I'm kind of going a long way to answer, 
answer your question, but well, there's real quick. I uh -huh. mean, like the thing that would drive the the brick and mortars absolutely batty is if John put up lineup C, then suddenly you would see that there's like uh there's like this super secret Oliva Cuba thing that that works on all Oliva cigars, like all of them. Every Oliva cigar. All Oliva cigars. Like <laughs> all of them. And it's like a 30% added value there. So I think, Ooh. I mean, like that's the kind that when we say that brick and mortar shops hate stuff, it's stuff like that. So, and the thing is, is what I try to do and what I try to now get my salesman to do is when online guys do those 30% off deals, it really does piss the brick and mortars off. So how do we get around that as salesmen? My job is to make a brick and mortar, buy more cigars and sell more of my product. So right. I give them a deal just like I give you a deal. Now, the difference is Walmart buys a lot of product and Walmart gets better deals than, let's say, Walgreens, right? Right. So like any other company, the more you buy, the better the deal is. So even with brick and mortars, even small brick and mortars, we still give deals to pretty much everybody. And we encourage them to pass along those deals because margins in the tobacco industry aren't the greatest. So when we give away extra cigars, like let's, for instance, say a buy 10, get one free, Right, that's one free box. Now their margins are even better on Oliva products. So hopefully they're going to be buying more Oliva. Okay. I want to grab some comments from people who are watching. Hopefully that makes Oliva make a little bit more sense sure. for people and why everybody hates Oliva. I shouldn't be saying that people hate Oliva. No, and it's fun to say. We always joke like reps hate me. That's not really the truth. People don't hate Oliva. We, they, we, you know what they do? They hate on Oliva. Yes. When they were there, like, yes. God damn, yes. Nick and his stupid yes. cigars. Yes. And his bulls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's grab some comments, Billy. What is the first one that you would like to take? This one is from Derin Vaughn. He says, I have my humidor slash chess game humidor. I have my humidor slash chess game humidor. I get what you said about El Cheapo humidors. I haven't been in it for a year. Uh, I put 32 gram boda packs. They're rock hard. My cigars are dry. I thought I was okay. Dun, dun, dun. First off, let's check it a little bit more often than once a one, year. Once a year. <laughs> we may want to like shorten that up to, I don't know, like once a month, month? Yeah, would be okay. Once every other week if you live in a dry climate. I would say, I would agree. You know, Billy brings up a good point. You know, if you, yeah, you want to check on your cigars more than once a year. That's a fair, that's a fair assessment. So Everything tell, else I was going to say. How does he bring that back? Well, I would, so here's what I would do. Uh, first thing I would do is separate the cigars in the humidor. I would get some kind of Tupperware. I would put the cigars in there with a Boveda pack and they should start to come back relatively quickly. If they're really dry, you're going to want to step them up with Boveda packs, you know, go to 65% and then go to 70% or 69. And then just bring the cigars back slowly over a period of a few weeks, especially if they've been out for some portion of the last year. The humidor, you're going to want to reseason on its own. That'll take some time as well. So if it's a El Cheapo humidor, then you're going to be reseasoning it with Boveda 84% packs or the sponge and the distilled water, old school style that everybody used to do. But one way or another, you kind of want to like deal with your cigars and deal with your humidor, deal with them separately. And then at some day, their forbidden love shall be reunited. You'll be very happy on that day. And then check them every month. So I have done this where I had a buddy give me a humidor and he's like, I haven't checked this in a year. And it was, everything was dry, dry, like rock hard. Yep. And it took about nine months to get those cigars back to smoking, but properly. Yeah. It and takes like, some time. Yeah. It took a lot. And it was a lot of humidification to get them back. Like you can get them humid, humidified, but the flavor still wasn't there. It took time for them to get back to good. I think, you know, I've got in this studio hidden away, 
a Liga Provada number nine that hasn't seen a humidor in like eight years. <laughs> and I'm really excited. I don't know what to do with it. Smoke it. I might. You know what else? I got I got to tell you guys this because this is really interesting. Dustin and I were talking about this this week. Somebody sent us some uh, two cigars. They're Davidoffs. And they're from like the 1980s. And I want to do a video about them. Cubans? Yes. I got a great Cuban Davidoff story. I'll tell you one if you want to hear it. Later. Good. I do want to yeah. hear that later. But uh, I'm really excited about the video for that. In fact, I've been trying to get a hold of Davidoff to get some Davidoff stuff for uh, for that video. That'd be pretty cool. Keep the video or keep the comments jamming there, Billy. Next comment right here is coming from Flying French Beard. <laughs> What's a good way to enter the cigar industry? Uh, with your hand over your butt. <laughs> is that Nick? Is that a? <laughs> I no response on that one. <laughs> I, you know, the cigar industry is interesting, and, and if you talk to people about it, they'll say, uh, you know, what's the what? What do they say? What's the best way to end up with a million dollars in cigars? Is to start with two million dollars. But on, but on. I wish I, I had a drum set. I, I couldn't do it. We I could put drums in that corner. I for you. could do it. Yeah, little, yeah, like a monkey. I'll just sit <laughs> and drum whenever. You're getting it. Give me a soundboard next time. <laughs> You know, you got to be careful in the cigar industry because something about this luxury industry attracts, you know, some people of, of ill repute. But that being said, there's a lot of amazing people in the cigar industry. Some of the most inspiring people I've ever met in my entire life are in this industry. Uh, Nick is one of them. Thank He's you. on that list. I was I waiting that. for you to, to yeah. acknowledge me. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, but I'll say this. There's two ways I hear about people getting into the cigar industry, and they're basically these two things. Number one, you get a job at a brick-and-mortar retail shop, yep. and you just start working your way up. Uh, my first job in the cigar industry was exactly that. I worked at a company that does not exist anymore, YouTube. I'm not mentioning a selling channel, so just like let's chill. It was called Cigar Warehouse, but there's no cigar warehouses here anymore. But it was a chain of shops, and I actually just went around and worked one day at each of like three different shops to give the full time guys a day off. And that was literally, and now look, now look at me. Yeah. Now look at, look me, at yeah. you. Big I pimpin'. was a part time rover around this cigar chain. And you can easily work your way up. A lot of guys in this industry at every single level got their start by just getting a job at a brick and mortar shop. The other way is like harder to do. Like somebody in the mid to upper levels of some cigar company somewhere that you know is like, hey, come work with me. And then you can jump right in at like a higher level. But working at a brick and mortar shop is not a bad way to go because typically if it's a good shop and the manager's a good guy, you'll get to know the industry. Like the people that work here, Dustin is a perfect example. And it's and actually, especially on the show, you get to meet everybody. Like you get to meet the reps. You get to meet a lot of the manufacturers. If there's an event and you know, uh, Oliva Nick is at the event, you get to meet him. Like you get to start shaking hands and creating connections with people. And this industry, those things are the most critical part of being involved. You have to have those relationships because without them, you can't get very far. It's not like you show up with an application and some money in your wallet and people suddenly like you and trust you. It's like people, people are a little more reticent to it. In fact, Nick was kind of reticent to work with us when we first yes. kicked our doors open because of some stuff that had happened in the past. That was indeed. He didn't have his hand over his butt when we met. So I didn't have it tight enough over. <laughs> there was some way. That, that was, was probably wasn't holding there. tight enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to grab one more. Oh, you know what? I'll, I'll say this. I want to jump into the to the pick of the week. Cigars Daily Nation. Pick of the week. Beep, beep. 
because of the question that was just asked. And uh, so let's go ahead and pull up uh, pick number one. I love this. This is from the Cigars Daily Nation Facebook group from somebody who inexplicably figured out how to get into the group. Uh, this one's from Adrian Gru. Who's been, I can't see the picture. What's the, you, He's, you he's holding up comment. a cigar review journal. Okay. Today is a big day for me. Three years ago, I was lost on YouTube and found a video about cigars on the Cigars Daily channel. I watched it out of curiosity and never tried a cigar before. The next day, I went to buy my first cigar and fell in love with it. After a lot of work, but mostly passion, I decided I want to work in the cigar world. Today... It was my first day working for a beautiful place, and I wanted to thank Tim and all the awesome. crew. I would never have found my vocation without you. Wishing you all a wonderful year from Switzerland. Wow. Look at him there in awesome, a shot. Isn't man. that cool? Not a single butchered word. Good job. Not a single butchered word. And I got to point out, Adrian's English is better than my English. <laughs> like his his written English, I think they speak English in Switzerland now. Most of them. Yeah. Also, Most I think them. he owes you like ten percent of his paycheck, right? I mean, you got him into that job. There's a there's a yeah there's a thing when you watch one of our videos. If you make any money off cigars, <laughs> off of that. You if you friends. read the fine print, <laughs> <laughs> the cigars, they, they yeah, cigars, that's right. <laughs> Well, of what course, I say is congratulations. I, That's what I say. Yeah, congratulations. That's, awesome. That's a huge deal. And Adrian, we love you. We, I think Adrian's like a regular commenter he on is. this show. Because you oh, always no. say his last name with. No, me. no, no, no. Even right below uh, Eli Sarge Vidal on Facebook is Kevin Gru. He says, Go Grux! We should start pronouncing it Grulex. His last name got me. Okay. Um, and of course, make sure you check this episode out on Cigars Daily Plus, where we're going to be going for the after party and where you can find more information out about the super secret code. Okay. It's Oliva Cuba and it's all Oliva and it's like an extra 30% value and it's like screaming. But check out cigarsdailyplus.com. You can learn more about that there. And, uh, and we're going to be going there for the after party. And don't forget to check out our podcast. We have a podcast now wherever you listen to podcasts or a pod. Cast. Yes, that's right. They're not two words. Thank you. That was my spelling. My bad. My bad. All right. Give me a few more comments. Let's keep this thing cruising. And I got a really good comment craze tonight, man. I'm excited about it. I'm pulling this next comment because it just, there's a few things I want to touch on. Do you mind if I read this one? Please, Billy, okay. by all means, take it over. Run. Billy's going to run off with the Billy show. knows how to read? <laughs> just Sweet, barely. Buddy. We were all good surprised. Uh, this is from Terry McGunkin. Sorry, bud, if I mispronounced that. Terry from Detroit. Tim, all CD and CDN. How do we get Billy? I guess I'm Billy Eilish now. <laughs> well, that money's coming in. Or Dustin to be friends on Facebook. So are you wanting me and Dustin to be friends on Facebook? Or do you want us to be friends with you on Facebook? Yeah, that's my a fair question. question. Here. Notice they left out Terrence and I. Yeah. <laughs> they did specifically leave you guys out wow you're wow not, you're not in the group to be friends with guys right. take it easy that, well that's true uh, i'm not in the group that's if true. you want to be friends with those guys i think you can just friend request them i've not been on my facebook and i think we're coming up on eight and a half years so oh, if you wow. have to be my friend and it's just sitting out there i apologize so, so yeah. billy, billy doesn't know if he's in the group either just so we're clear. <laughs> i'm gonna make sure billy gets in now because everybody else can't. Yeah, yeah, go request them. I haven't requested a Facebook friend request in a very, very long time because I spend most of my time in the Facebook group that you can't get into. All right, what's the next? What's it's the like next Costco. Coming? It's an elite membership <laughs> yeah. to get in. Make them want it. It's $100 a year, but the prices are low. What's the next comment here, Billy? 
There's some good ones tonight. Everybody's rearing for 2023. I'm so happy. This is from Gabrovsky. Hey, Tim, what would happen if, uh, if the embargo drops in the USA allows to buy Cubans, is allowed to buy Cubans? Uh, would it short the supply for the rest of the world? Prices go even higher. Let's talk about that for a second. What if Cubans were legalized in America right now? Tim? Yeah. In my world, it wouldn't change anything. I would still buy my Nicaraguans. You would still <laughs> buy your Nick. Thank you, John. But in all fairness, so would everybody else. That's like, true. I, I, I mean, here's what would really happen. Here's what would really happen. First of all, it's not that simple. Let's say tomorrow... Joe Biden comes out, mumbles some stuff, and then tears the embargo in half and says, <laughs> we're done with this, right? And it's just over. And suddenly trade with between the United States, private corporations, and Cuban government is allowed. Well, the first thing that would happen is a massive legal dispute. Because when Cuba's government took over in the 1960s and, and declared communism, they went to everybody and they said, I mean, for cigar, as far as cigars are concerned, they said, we now own your fields and your factories and your farms. And a lot of the cigar families who didn't have any means to defend themselves because they were all disarmed, they were like, you can have it, just let us leave. And you had this mass exodus from Cuba of a lot of Cubans who went over to the Dominican Republic and some to Nicaragua and eventually Honduras where they were started their growing operations again. Now, the thing is, because cigars were outlawed in America, Dominican companies were able to file for Cuban trademarks in America that previously existed. So, you know, Cohiba used to be an expressly Cuban trademark. Well, all of a sudden now, there's a Dominican Cohiba and a Cuban Cohiba that are two separate companies that compete with each other in two different markets. So Cuban Cohiba is around the world. Dominican Cohiba was in America. They call that Red Dot Cohiba. So already there is a lockdown on the brand name Cohiba in America. And here's the other brands that would have trouble legally putting their products in the boundaries of the United States. Nick can, Nick can catch me up if I miss any of these. Cohiba, Hoya de Monterey, Punch, Partigas, uh, El Rey del Mundo. Who am I missing? Uh, Romeo. Romeo y Julieta. Uh, there's so there's so many of them. There's so many. Uh, of them. What's uh, uh, Ashton's? Uh, uh, La Aroma de Cuba. La Aroma de Cuba's one. So is the other one. San Cristobal. San Cristobal. Is one. It's like, yeah. There's yeah, so up, it's it's endless. There's so stinking many of them. It's it's insane. And so I would say that would be problem number one. And then problem number two would be the supply. Yeah, America smokes twice as many cigars as the rest of the world combined. And the reason that Cuban cigars are in such high demand in America right now, there's one reason because you can't get them. That's it. I mean, and, and like, I'm not trying to slam Cuban cigars. I think they're fine. I like Nicaraguan cigars better, but I'm saying this, when they're readily available, they lose their sex appeal. Like a lot of guys are just going to be like, oh, okay. Like some guys will still want them. I'll, I'll tell you what would happen in a regular brick and mortar shop. Most likely. If you could get Cubans in the country, the ones that aren't already copyrighted, you'd probably find a small section of the humidor would become dedicated to Cuban cigars. And that would maybe account for maybe 10% of the selection of most cigar shops. And then immediately supply would become the number one issue. And because uh, Cuban cigars had this massive price hike last year, anywhere from 15 to 300% price hike on every Cuban cigar that is produced, 
our cigars would hit the shelf at the same prices as the rest of the world. So they would also be the most expensive cigars in the humidor with sort of the, this that limited Cuban flavor profile that all kind of centers around grass and hay and, you know, what Cubans tend to actually be. So. And Tim, you forgot one thing. What? What would then happen is everybody would come in for the novelty of buying a Cuban cigar. They'd buy a bunch of them. They'd save the bands. They'd buy regular cigars. Put them put on the, the bands. Well, and, and maybe, but here's the thing. I don't honestly think, like, cigar smokers, we would all notice, right? Like, if you're watching the show, you'd probably notice. But most people wouldn't notice. Like, because if you work in a cigar shop, you know that at least once a week, some guy comes in and he's like, hey, do you guys have any Cubans? Hmm. I mean, have you been asked this question, Nick? No, but I've seen it happen in stores, and it's great. The, like, hey, 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 guy, guy, come here for a sec. Yeah, yeah. You guys got Cubans? Mm -hmm. I, I've seen it happen a dozen times. And it's and, great. And what happens to that dude when he comes in and he whispers to you, he's like, do you guys got any Cubans? And you're like, yeah, no, they're right here. They're like on the shelf right next to me. And then it's kind of like, oh, okay. Like the, I think the expectation that people want is they want there to be a curtain. Like uh, the video shop when you were a kid, there was always a curtain where they kept all the porn. Like, and then you go over and you like hold back the curtain and they're like, here's the Cuban cigars. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, I'm getting the sweet deal, man. But no, it's not, it's not going to be like. That. Actually in Houston, there's a hot sauce shop. That has all, everything above a certain capsation level behind a curtain like that. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, people come in all the time. And they buy it just because it's behind the curtain. Done. Do you need to just go throw a curtain up in your humidor Done. right now? Yeah, after I just this need to put a curtain up in front curtain. of something that's... Could you put a like curtain in front of the Oliva section? In your humidor, just see how we that works out. We actually did that. Do you remember we did yeah, that? Yeah. You we got a Nick got a community guideline. Yes, strike. I did. Yes, I did. Would you get a community guideline strike for? Because Cain, my cigar, um, and Abel, the biblical story, and the there fact was a, that Cain yeah. killed Abel, so my cigar couldn't be called Cain. I can't so, believe you remember that. I All just right. watched the video. My kids watch my video. They think it's the coolest thing in the world I love that, that I'm on here. They're like, Daddy, you're a star. I'm like, nah, that and $5 is going to get me a cup of coffee. <laughs> so, no offense to you, Tim. I mean, it, it, what's funny is we go to, like, I was at the uh, Big Smoke. And I was telling Tim the story the other day. I'm sitting there with the, the owner of our company, the president of our company, our VP of sales. And some guy yeah. walks up. You're Nick. Oliva Nick. Can I have your autograph? In front of all these big wigs. And I'm these like, oh, big, God. Like, like here legitimately we go. powerful yes. people. People who are much more powerful than I am. Yes, this is true. <laughs> I love that. That yeah. makes me so happy. It, it made me laugh. It really did. All right. Uh, I want to. So I want to get more comments from you guys. Keep dropping your comments and questions down below. And I don't want to run, run out of time for my comment craze. So let's make sure we don't do that. Make sure you guys check out the Super Secret code it's on cigarsdailyplus.com uh you can learn more about oliva cigars and the cuba aliados which nick what would you say is the flavor profile for this cigar i can tell you what i think it is but medium very medium body medium do you get flavor notes when you smoke am i getting flavor notes? do you get flavor notes? like in general yeah what do you get out of this thing it tastes like butter to me very buttery buttery yeah mine tastes a lot like a c4 like energy drink <laughs> like uh like Could you uh, hold up the cuba aliados and the c4 at the same time and smile there you go commercial done there you go <laughs> i actually used to detest when people would drink energy drinks with yeah. their cigars yeah and i would openly like slam them for it and then i stopped drinking coffee for a long time while i was losing all that weight and all of a sudden now here i am being that same D you're that guy i'm that guy now yeah all right, Billy, go ahead and get the super chat. Oh, you want the super chat? Oh, that there's another super chat that's for you. Uh, Cordozer. Uh, I know that uh, you said you can't stand cheap partial board, oh, particle board humidors. Uh, would you be interested in carrying and selling solid wood humidors? 
handmade by me. Uh, here's a problem with solid humidors. They are heavy, heavy as all get out and unbelievably expensive to ship. So if you, let's say you had, you know, a soap company, right? And uh, you were going to ship and you were going to ship, you know, stuff and you were going to get free shipping on soap over $80. Well, suddenly if you had soap that weighed, you know, 60 pounds, well, that's expensive to ship for free. So there's problems with that, but, and then go ahead and Billy, I'm going to, so I'm going to click this thing here. Uh, yeah. How do so, you do that? Okay. Yeah. Get that one. This is from Blade Waters. Thank you guys for the super chats, by the way. Can I Did tell you Billy a quick story on this real fixed? fast? Yeah, go for it. So Blade Waters, before the show started, asked, did I get my Sharoot fix? And I have it in my starred comments, the poll, but I've been trying to get some not Sharoot's comments. It's not all <laughs> about me. And Blade Waters did it again about halfway through the show. And then he put a $20 bill for us to read it. So I put the curtain over comments. And you people did. are willing and to pay $20. Yeah. So we're going to start putting curtains over comments <laughs> and get some high dollars rolling in here. Gold for comments. God, that's the that's called a death rattle for a company. If you're doing that, by the time you're doing that, you're, you're getting there. All right. What's the, uh, have you had your Cheroots fix, Bill? Uh, you know, it's a great community that we are a part of because I've had people send their Cheroots to Cigars Daily for me to pick up on Sunday nights when I come in. A couple oh, of times. Wow. And then behind Tim, I have a secret stash. So you've that. got a fix of Sharoots. I've got a fix of Sharoots. I All know right. where to find them. I like that. That's good. All right. Uh, grab one or two more comments, and then we're going to hit the comment craze before we go to the after party on CigarsDailyPlus.com. Uh, what is this one? Loyal Black Man says, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> You're allowed to say that. I'm allowed to say that? Yeah, why not? Terrence why is here. You can you? tell me if I'm allowed <laughs> to say Terrence, is that, Terrence gave you a thumbs up. You're allowed to say it. All right, good. The African-American delegation gave you the approval on that one. You're good. Thank you. Thank you, Loyal Black Man. Uh, he says, hmm, is overly aged cigars still smokable? Tim? Uh, well, let's say, uh, here's what, here's, this is a great question. So I, I mentioned earlier in the show that somebody sent us these 40 year old Cuban Davidoffs, another brand that you wouldn't be able to sell, uh, necessarily in America because the Cuban Davidoff is a different trademark than the, well, I think to, to Zeno Davidoff's point, I think he pulled out of Cuba because he disagreed with the communism. And that's why you don't see Cuban Davidoffs anymore anymore. Okay. I think I could be wrong about that, but I think that is true. I don't know why, but your camera looks crooked to me. Do you uh, want me to? I could sit crooked and make. Yeah, it that'd straight. be good. Sit yeah. crooked for me. Um, so oh, aged cigars. Here's here's my my view on aged cigars. This is a big one. I think there's a limit on how much you can age a cigar. Aging a cigar is about decomposition. You know, you you, you the leaves as you know they sort of break down. You get this like the flavor profile tends to balance out. It tends to become a little bit more subtle, a little bit more smooth and even. Those are all good things. And most serious cigar people are going to encourage you to age cigars anywhere from six months to a few years. And remember, any cigar you get is going to have a few years of age on it before you even get it. So like, you're not, there's no point where you're going to get a cigar that doesn't have at least two or three years of age on it already. So if you age it for two years, you're looking at four or five years. Now, beyond that, it's arguable when it becomes not viable anymore. I smoked a 20-year-old Monte Cristo in a video. 
Uh, and I, th I think you can find it on the channel. It's like 21 year old Monte Cristo. I smoked it and it was basically like smoking a cotton balls. I mean, there just wasn't a lot of character. There wasn't a lot of flavor. Like, and it was a Connecticut Monte Cristo, so pretty mild to begin with. And then it's 20 years old. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued because at, while I'm bashing on ultra-aged cigars and saying that I think that they're going to lose really their chutzpah, I, at the same time, like if I got a chance to smoke a pre-embargo H. Upman that like JFK brought in before he signed the embargo, I would spend massive amounts of money to do that. And now that we've got these 40... 40 whatever year old Cubans, Cuban Davidoffs. I'm actually very excited to smoke it. I really want to try it. Like, even if it's not going to blow my mind, uh, I'm really excited to try it. And I know that cigar collectors are going to become haters of cigars daily because that's a cigar you're not supposed to smoke, but we're going to do it. I don't believe in not smokable it, cigars. It yeah. actually, now that ha I have to bring up my story and it'll do it. Yeah. keep it really brief, but one of my very dear friends slash mentor slash father figure in my life was a guy named Shell. Great guy. He used to hang out at a lot of shit, cigar stores. He's very well known in cigar stores around the, the Phoenix area. Shell gave me a Cuban Davidoff. He got sick, had cancer, gave me a Cuban Davidoff. And I said, he said, smoke this when I don't have cancer anymore or smoke it on a special occasion. That's what, when he gave it to me. That's what he told me. Nice. So I held it for a couple of years and Shell ended up passing away. Hmm. So I never got to, sh to smoke it with Shell because he ended up getting cancer. But the day he passed away, I smoked that cigar. Was it the best cigar I've ever smoked? No, it wasn't. Right. Was it one of the most memorable cigars I've ever smoked? Yeah. Absolutely it was. I bet. Absolutely man. it was. Just because I sat there by myself, which I don't get to do very often. Right. Smoke a cigar. I didn't have music. I didn't have anything. All I did was I was sitting there with Shell. And that's what was the important thing. That's what I love. Back to that guy's comment earlier about his buddy who passed away. I love that. I, lo I, I use my dad's humidor, which is a piece of garbage you know, 30 year old, because every time I get a cigar out of there, I think about my dad. Right. I, I love that. I, it, it's not supposed to, it's supposed to be fun. And th that's what I love about cigars. Is And that's yeah. what we're doing now. We're generating memories where all of our kids yeah. are going to smoke out of these crappy particle board humidors <laughs> and think yes. about us. Yeah. As we go. Absolutely. I, and you know what? That's great. That's fine. Let's go ahead and do it. I like it. Uh, I, and that sounds like a, a good humidor to have, but you don't have the the twenty thousand dollar Oliva desktop humidor. No, what I, they what they didn't give them to us. I thought maybe they give one to each salesman. I was I was, I was really pushing for it. Twenty thousand dollars. You think twenty thousand dollars? Yeah. I almost nice bonus. I almost wanted to buy one just to review it. So we could have got you one. I could have got you one. I don't know what we would have done with it. I'm not spending ten thousand. The twenty thousand. It's just to me. I, I have Tupperware and Ziploc bags that work. I mean, it's bad. And the humidor was so beautiful. It wasn't. It said Oliva. Right. So naturally, I wanted one immediately. I saw it a year ago when I was in Belgium, and I had to have it. And then at the end of the day, like literally, I use Tupperware and I use Ziploc bags because I live in Arizona. And humidor. I have a $2,000 LA Blue that you might as well throw in the trash. Oh, wow. It's gar I mean, I, let me rephrase that. I shouldn't say it's garbage. It's not garbage. It's a beautiful humidor. It just... Ziploc bags and Tupperware work better for me. You know, I what? don't have to take care of them as much as I. You do. can leave them in there for a year. Yeah, uh, maybe it's still not Ziploc or Tupperware for a year. No, you're you're like a guy who buys a like a Maserati and then just drives his Honda. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Owns a car dealership, drives drives him a Honda. Yeah. All right, uh, give me one more comment, and then we're gonna hit the comment craze, and then head our way into the after party where we can get out from in front of all the censorship of big tech, which has been exploding, by the way. Twitter files are interesting. Keep it up. You know how criminals will case a joint before they break in 
I know nothing about how criminals do that. I think you're being cased. Okay. Mint Inc. Tim, do you have enough cash to open up another location? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you got enough cash on hand in Cigars <laughs> Daily <laughs> HQ? <laughs> and if you had to have a pin for a safe, what would that be? <laughs> what would that be? Tim, let's say you had a good-looking Greek guy that wants yeah. to move to Hawaii. Right. And and you finance him to open a cigars daily. Do you have the does that sound like something? Maybe like a helicopter to get me. Just a helicopter from like a Jurassic Park. I'm gonna need a Lamborghini because I'm in Hawaii. Of course. Or, no, Ferrari. Ferrari. Hawaii, of course yeah. you'll need that. Yeah. And like, that's about Oliva it. Humidor too. Yeah. But I work for you, but you you just gotta pay for it. I just gotta pay for yeah, it. Yeah, you're go. paying for it. So let me figure out how to talk about this without yeah, okay. So so let's talk about like the cigar shop multi-location thing. I hate it so much because I've done it before, you know, at my last post in the cigar industry, which some of you are familiar with, um, I, it was a multi-location company. I ran a website and the, the company had six retail shops, all of which doesn't exist anymore. Company's gone completely out of business and almost definitely not because of me probably. <laughs> but, uh, as I look at this, I'd like, there was two years there where I just spent like there was a, at least one day every week where I just spent the day driving around Phoenix, taking product from one shop to another. Like once you get multi-location, it just complicates everything. Plus in the cigar industry, the guys who run brick and mortar shops, there's a lot more young guys now than there used to be. But man, you've got a guy who's like in his sixties and you're trying to teach him how to run square POS and like put in a four digit pin to access the inventory where he's got to like scan or type something in. Like I ended up, I, there, there were days when I would drive 45 minutes across town to push a pin number in and like over the phone, you're like, do you see the keypad? What's a keypad? It's number. It's like, it's like your phone. It looks like your phone. It's got all the numbers on it. No, I don't see that. And it's right there on the screen. I just, multi-location sounds terrible, but like <laughs> conceivably we do it. Yeah. It's not expensive to like over overtly expensive to open a cigar shop, but it's complicated when you start doing multi-location. And so it's something that, you know, I'd rather be good at one thing than mediocre at a few. So cancel my Hawaii tickets. Cancel your tickets to Hawaii, please. Yeah. Shoot. All right. Okay. But we'd put one in Mexico. It's a lot cheaper in Mexico. Yeah, I'm not, you're not going to Mexico. I'm looking I'm for out. that. I'm looking I'm for that cartel money. All right, <laughs> let's uh, let's grab one more comment and then we'll do the we'll do the last thingy. Edgar J. Do you get the same flavor notes if you French inhale instead of retrohale? <laughs> so I'm glad I had the exact same face that you have right now, trying to figure out what a I know French... what French inhale is. What does that mean? French inhale, which I'm not going to do because you can't French inhale. Well, I think I know what it is. You can't French inhale without proper inhaling. It is when you let the smoke billow out of your mouth and then you breathe it into your nasal. Have you ever seen people do this? With the yes, smoke goes? I've seen I'm going to try to do it right now. Oh, God, please don't do this. This sounds terrible. <laughs> Dude. No, you don't get the same it flavor notes. Like it sounds like a sinus infection. Yeah, you that should, sounds awful. You should not inhale tobacco, and there's no way to do the French inhale without inhaling it into your lungs. If you're inhaling cigars, you should stop doing that. It's about tasting the flavor, and that's why you blow it out of your mouth. I have heard a lot of people say when you do that retrohale that you get a lot of taste. I cannot do it. I, I feel, I know you can, and you've, I, I've actually watched, you had a video, if I'm not mistaken, on yeah. that I watched years ago, because I feel like a four-year-old, because I cannot do it. I've never tried a cigarette, so I don't know how to in, like actually inhale that. 
So it's weird. So have you started chewing the smoke you, when it's in your mouth? Yeah, chew the smoke when it's in your mouth. Really, when it comes to retrohaling, the issue is that your tongue at the back of your mouth is touching your soft palate at the top. That's how you isolate your mouth from the rest of... of oh, dude, I just did it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just did it. Did that's, you chew it? Were you chewing Yeah, it? that's exactly what I did. It, it, when you said the tongue was on the top, I literally just did it. See? God, 20 guys, years in the cigar is... I just want you guys to know that Nick got more out of this episode than any of you. I'm so excited right now. All That's right, guys. Well, it was fun being here. I'm going to go home and retro some cigars tonight. Nick is about to completely relive the entire catalog uh, of Oliva cigars. He's just going to come just and be like, changed wow, my life. They're all new. Did you know each one of these tasted differently? It's unbelievable. <laughs> cigars have flavor. Tim, yeah. all I could think when you were trying to do the French deal was of that old uh, Tootsie Pop commercial. How many licks does it take to get to the Yeah, cinema? how many licks does it? Yeah, it's nope. one. <laughs> yeah, zero. All right. Uh, you'll get a nice choking flavor when you do the French inhale. Yeah, it tastes like choking. It tastes like not being able to breathe. <laughs> I just did it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough for me. I'm done. That's enough of that. He'll be practicing that tonight I'm going to be practicing it for a very long time. I'm crying. Was worth the price of admission from John yes. Williams. Oh, All right, uh, let's uh, let's finish this up with the segment we do every week on the show called the Comment Craze. All right, uh, I have a music degree, by the way. Does anybody know that? Yeah, that's I did because I saw you play the guitar once, and you got really into it and excited. And I, yeah, I did get excited. You did get excited. So tonight, I want to take you to a cigar shop that's gone out of business to ask you a very um, important question. We've all heard about the idea of getting a wish. A magical wish from a genie or maybe a shriveled up monkey's hand. But sometimes these wishes come with, oh, wait, wait, hold on, don't put it up yet. Uh, sometimes these wishes come with unintended consequences. Tonight, we're going to look at this shriveled up monkey's hand. Is it, it in there? I, yeah. I must have there. We go. No, it's do a, you not have it in your, there I do, it is. Okay. I do. I yeah, do. put it up there. Shriveled up monkey's hand. Now, it's widely known that when you when you find a monkey's hand, you get three wishes, but these wishes often come with unintended consequences. So you have to think very hard about what you're actually going to wish for. So here's the prompt. Do answer this in the comments. We're going to take them. I want to see how, how on your game you are. If you had the opportunity right now to make a wish about cigars, could you do it without fatal consequences? Here's the prompt. You find a magic severed monkey paw in an out-of-business cigar shop. That means that you get three cigar wishes with unforeseen outcomes. Comment with a cleverly worded wish that can't possibly backfire. It can't possibly backfire. Now, I did not give this prompt to the crew beforehand. I'm going to see if I can make all of your wishes backfire. I'm going to play the magic monkey demon. I don't know what it is. What is the monkey's thing? It's Mon monkey demon? A gin, I guess. is A gin is like the thing. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's a different culture. Okay. This is the same idea. So I'm going to pull the room. First of all, I want to get to Nick. You got one wish. Why do I have to be the first one? You got to go. You're the first you're the one. Oh, you're the guest. All right. Yes, I'm, your, I'm your gin. Go ahead and make your wish. My wish? Starts with I wish. What if my, okay. I wish I was sitting in cigars daily with Tim. I already am. My wish came true, man. I'm here. Now, how do you beat that? Tim just farted. Yeah. I farted or cigars daily is on fire now. Then I, I don't get, know. I, I get the opportunity to save your life. That's serve you. True. That's, oh no, you're sitting here, but you're on fire. Oh, I'm on fire. Why do I gotta be the one on fire? <laughs> there we go. Now we're back. I did some practice at making these. I wasn't fire. very good at that one. I all right. I want to get I want to get Billy and John. Hopefully they're better. You, than you me. no, you tried to work your way through it. Yeah. I respect that. John, what about you? Uh I would say I would uh I would like to be able to see Olive and Nick retrohale on a regular basis. 
He's retro hailing, but he's doing it wrong every time. Now you just you put him any he, and he compulsively does it now. So for the rest of his life, every time he lights up a cigar, he can't enjoy which it. Which I can't and do. So I'm out of the cigar not. industry, which means I'm no longer you in cigars. You just ruined my dream. You destroyed his career. And you ruined my dream I, about being here with Tim. I don't know. That's awful, uh, John. Voice. Why would you do a thing like that? Uh, All right. You know. My voice just cracked like I was 12. I Billy, that's okay. That was my wish. Uh, <laughs> Billy, what, what's yours? Billy's looking through comments. He's trying to read your comments <clears throat> as we go. I am. And I've got, there's some good ones in there. I wish that every time I look at my bank account, I have accessible money that is all legal tenure. Ten, tender. 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 Thank you. Tinder. Woo, <laughs> tender. <laughs> that I can use on anything that I would like. Yeah, so you have that. You can use it on anything you would like. Correct. So suddenly your money doesn't work on anything you don't like, like your mortgage and your car well, I like my mortgage. Nope, you already made your wish. You already made your wish. <laughs> Tim, Tim, and, if I can play the double advocate, advocate on this. Yes. Uh, that just drove inflation to 103% a day. There we go. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, Billy crashed our economy. That's okay. I Which have was, the money. It was bound to happen anyway, Billy. You just you, you made it happen. All right, let's get some of these from people. I want to see if I can make your dreams fall apart. So I'm the gin. I am I'm gonna make your wish backfire on you. The first one is from RPC. He says, I wish that my wife never finds my cigar deliveries before I get a chance to stash them. Your wife has gone blind, which may not actually be a bad thing. So I'm going to go ahead and give you that one. You hear you guys. Are you lighting another? Is that another? <laughs> she's shaking the boxes. She's like, this sound like cigars. <laughs> All her other senses. Tim, he also didn't say she wouldn't find his stash. Right. Yeah. Okay. Next one. This one is from Anthony Florio. I wish I had an unlimited supply of quality cigars. See, this is the one where like the guy wishes for all the money in the world and he has all the money and nobody else has any money. I think that's what's happening to you here. You have an unlimited supply of cigars. You have all of them, but nobody else has them. So now you have nobody to smoke with because everybody hates you. So you kind of backfired there. But now you could give cigars to the people you like, but because I'm your gin, they're, you're stricken from that. I got to make this work for me somehow. All right, next one. This one is from Sipper Social Club. Hey, I wish every cigar has a perfect draw. A perfect draw, but a horrific flavor. Ooh, Ooh sick burn. Sorry, everything now tastes like a mint-flavored Maduro <laughs> from, you know, <laughs> Peru. I don't know. Peru doesn't make bad tobacco. Peruvian mint-flavored Venezuela. It, you know what? Every cigar is a perfect draw, but all the tobacco is Venezuelan. There we go. All right. South All the tobacco is from Alaska. <laughs> Minnesota. It's from Minnesota. Riddle. Grevelin says, poof, legal to smoke a cigar anywhere forever. Winner. Winner. <laughs> that guy won my vote. Legal. No, legal, but people try to murder you now. Oh, so when you light up a cigar, it's just like, like people suddenly have shivs because it's legal to do everywhere, but it's also legal to shiv you if you're smoking a cigar. It's like permanent purge. Permanent cigar purge. Yeah. One of these will spin off into a into a, a screenplay. All right. Okay. Give me one or two more. We're gonna we got a few more minutes before we go to the after party. Criste Antonio. He says, My humidor magically refills and properly humidified. Yes, it magically refills, and I magically unfill your bank account to restock your humidor whenever I feel like it. Cha-ching. Tim, I, I was gonna. I'm gonna gin a little bit here too. Yeah, 
it's it's always filled. It's always pure, perfect humidity, and you can never open it. Ooh, yeah. That's really good. Thank you. It's sealed shut. You didn't wish to be able to get inside of it. Could I chime in? I feel like you guys are dream ruiners. Yeah, that was like the I whole purpose this, yeah, of this one. I don't like it. I want I want these guys to be able to open their humidor. Is that not the fun-loving thing? What if he had a cube aliados to the humidor and he's fighting it? I can just it. I envision him just throwing a humidor up against a wall to get his one cube aliados. Won't work. It's magically sealed now by the magic of the gin. Dream ruiners. And so his bank account is empty. His humidor is full, perfectly humidified, and filled with cigar beetles. You got like a or, triple whammy on your. Oh, or, God. I, or if you want a little less, a little less, we'll use off of it. You can open it, but only when someone you dislike comes over and you have to give them first choice out of the humidor. Ooh. Or everything's a swisher sweet. Yeah, there's a lot of ways. Yours had a lot of holes in it. I just <laughs> want to point that out. Eli Sarge Vidal is on. He says, I wish Tim's hair will grow back like Elvis hair. Elvis hair. Whose hair? Then Elvis, Elvis goes bald. Elvis. Elvis. Elvis goes, Elvis. well, like Elvis's hair. So Elvis can't go bald. Or because... would, do you want Elvis or Elvis? What kind of shenanigans is Eli Vidal running here? What's I don't his, know what he's I, trying to get he, to. Yeah, I wish Tim's hair. These will... shenanigans are too much over here, Eli. Yeah. I, I can't imagine you with Elvis hair. I don't think I can imagine you with hair at all. I could imagine honestly. you with Elvis hair. Can you really? Yeah. We should do it like on one of those like. Hey, you go to backfire things. on now that you're just all pumped that you have hair for the first time in like 30 I'm not years. Pumped. I don't want the I, hair. I was going to say uh, it doesn't grow on his head. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Thank <laughs> you. Elvis hair on my nipples. <laughs> That's what it is all of a sudden. And I'm like, thanks a lot, Eli. Okay. Guys, we got a lot more show for you, but this is going to continue on cigarsdailyplus.com. That is where we can be free of the internet overlords watching us and judging everything we do. You can learn more about the show there. You can also learn about uh, tonight's episode's lineup. We're talking about Oliva cigars in the brand new Cuba Aliados. You can go over there to learn more about the super secret code, and that is Oliva Cuba. All right, and that will give you an extra 30% in value. It's an amazing steal, and uh, we're going to continue there with the show with a little bit less rules and a little bit more fun. If not, join us again next week for another great episode, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out. It's so great to be here in 2023, and we're looking forward to a great rest of Season 5. Don't forget to check out the podcast. See you guys on uh, Cigars Daily Plus.
Here we are, and welcome to the after party, the first after party of 2023. Now we've committed. Ooh. Thank you, Terrence. I appreciate. Terrence gave us the obligatory, uh, Terrence one-liner, which I'm not going to say because it's Terrence's thing. Um, so Insert we are Terrence's committed statement here. to uh, this year. We really pissed some people off last year at the end because we all got drunk and we all said some things that we wish we wouldn't have said. So we're going to, I got to watch this episode. Bro. I know, dude, it was really raunchy. I mean, we really got, we really got into it. Listen to the podcast. Yeah. If you listen to the podcast, it's all on there. Um, we're going to keep taking comments. Billy's going to read the comments. They just won't come up on the screen, but if you scroll down below this video, I'll tell you guys get an extra 30% off all Oliva cigars uh and enjoy like and try the new cuba aliados that's included in this i'm gonna light up the epc one which i have still have to get in now um but billy uh, do you see comments over there <clears throat> can i just talk about how tight of a ship we run over here because the first comment that came through is from jc and he says where are they it where took are? us an extra i don't know 20 seconds to jump over to the after party yeah. so that just means we run a tight ship over here that is the that's the double-edged sword of like of like doing this stuff because we talk about this in the shop a lot every day in the shop when we get to the point where we've packed all the orders like the team has gotten so good at it that they'll usually run a second batch so now people get like butt hurt when they place an order at like 10 a.m and they don't have a tracking number by 1 p.m like we start getting emails from people like, where's my tracking number? I placed an order like two hours ago, three hours ago. And so, yeah, that efficiency is great, but it does set an expectation that if you don't maintain it, people are all of a sudden like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's been 20 extra seconds. Ah, 20 extra seconds. What are these douchebags doing? All right. Well, here's the after party. Keep dropping your comments down below. We'll talk about anything you want. Uh, Oliva Nick is still here. He's hanging out and our camera's still going. So I got this new setup for the studio in the corner here, but my adapter for Nick's camera, it doesn't come till tomorrow that gives it continuous power. So that camera's literally running on a battery right now. Can you see the battery indicator on the on the screen? I can't. See the I can't. I see a green light. Me, meanwhile, Tim, I'd like to tell you, I ordered a book the other day. Yeah. It took two days for me to get a tracking number. Ooh. I terrible. was disappointed. Two whole days. Can we play a fun game real fast? Do it. Can we go over to Oliva Nick's? camera yeah let's do it can we all, all the first person i can figure out what is different in this oliva <laughs> nick section I, you get like something's changed points. something's changed something has that. changed it's like the newspaper you like circle the differences i'm even looking i don't see it he doesn't know what it is he was he was paying did one of my signs fall well you weren't he re he did the game he won you the game just, you won, won the, the game, game. oh did i ruin it sorry everybody you, you, ruined it. you won you won all right, Billy, let's get some comments. What are we talking about now? Grivlin says, fuck YouTube. Bought some senoritas and some Nick, how do you say that one? Aliados. Aliados. Looking forward to trying them. Grivlin, that was a really like angry fuck He's YouTube upset there. about it. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, because I can't see it. I'm literally looking at a light and kind of the screen. I can't read it. When he said "fuck you," why do you, you sure said "fuck you" or did he say like YouTube. "fuck you"? You know, no, it was all capitals. It's all caps. All with capitals. Like twenty. So he's yelling, he points. really hates yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Hates them. Hates them. Okay. Uh, next comment, Billy. Get Mark it. Hernandez. I know. I know is personal, but what is your preferred humidity for your cigars? I lowered my RH in my humidors to sixty-five percent. And I can get a lot more flavor, and I have zero burn issues. Tim, let me take that one for you. Billy, 
Take it away. So I've been messing with mine and I've lowered mine to between 60 and 62. And my flavor, because I was never able to get flavor. Tim always gave me a hard time for that. And I have actually been able to get flavor from the 60 to 62 percentage in my cigars for the first time. So like Nick, I'm like, these all taste different. This is amazing. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and I'm John. What about you? Uh, I'm still running right at about 68%. 68 percent right rates. um although I'm, I'm toying with the idea of lowering it just to see what i get nick do you keep yours at 70 percent? i do a little bit more i do 72 to 74 Ooh. i like sp i like spongy cigars i don't know why i just it's just personal preference yeah i'll say this when it comes to the oh yeah graham Poulier says your site crashed for a lot of us yeah it usually does when a bunch of people jump on and a bunch of people do jump on during the live um you wouldn't believe how much i pay for server hosting and when a lot of people come on at once like we are, we store a lot of videos on our server so when we make the server larger for the live it costs a ton okay uh <clears throat> i used to keep mine at 72 because i liked my cigars to be spongy i liked them to feel soft and supple you know like a woman like a woman and at the same time now that i've been smoking for 18 years i've just in the really in the last few years started messing around with lower humidities. And this is such a complicated question for me because I, I run so many humidors. I've got my humidor at home with my personal stash in it. I've got the one over my shoulder, which is working humidor that I work to keep humidified. We've got the retail humidor. We've got a backstock room. That's a set, actually a separate humidor with a separate humidification system. And then we've got a bulk humidor that, you know, we got overall, we got about a thousand square foot of humidor in this building. Now, each one of them gets its own humidity thing. Now, the retail humidors typically get 69%. That's where we like to keep them. And the reason for that is for shipping. Like you want cigars, like when they leave the humidor, they're going to be in a bag with a Boveda pack. And that Boveda pack is their lifeline. And so if the humidity is good, like we don't want the humidity to go up. We definitely don't want it to drop. And if it, you know, your order gets sent to, you know, Utah for some reason, and then shipped back to you, we want your cigars to still arrive in good condition. So 69% is sort of the preferred shipping humidity. Now, the one in here in the studio, I keep right at 70%. I've never screwed with it. And I might actually even drop the humidity closer to 65 because at home in my personal humidor, I actually keep my humidor at like 55 to 58%. And I know that sounds insanely low. But I found that as the humidity went down, I really got a lot better experience out of all of my cigars. And that's here in the desert where it's already pretty dry. Wait, sorry, just so I can understand correctly. Give me your percentages again. 69% for retail. Yeah. 70% for this one. Yep. And like 55 to 58%. That's home. what I thought you said at home. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. No shit. And I, and I go home. So I'll smoke typically around five-ish cigars a day while I'm here. And most nights I'll go home, especially this time of year when it's beautiful outside in Arizona, I'll go in my backyard, put a fire in my, in my fireplace and I'll go smoke more cigars, usually at least one or two. And I love the cigars that I get out of that humidor. Really? They're all in like, they're in the best shape. And I, what I found is that as I dropped my humidity, I got more out of the cigars. I got more flavor. And I'll, and I'll say this, I'd be interested, Nick, to know if as you like retrohale a little bit more and if you do taste more flavor from retrohaling because you've smoked a lot of cigars if you do taste more flavor from that i'll be curious to know if you toy with the lower humidity in fact you should just come over to my house and smoke one i was of my just cigars. about to say do you have any milanio or v 
in that humidor at home? Well, yeah, almost definitely. I almost never am without so Audio V, Master Blends, or whatever. Why don't we do this? We got some special guests coming to town next week. Why don't we have me smoke one of those cigars out of there, and I'll grab one of my cigars out All of right. my humidor, and we'll do a little test. I'm in. We'll do I'm a curious because I, test. to be perfectly honest with you, I was brought up since I was 13 years old. My dad saying 70, 70. That's what everybody says. And that's what we kind of talked about earlier with the misinformation in the cigar industry. There's no right or wrong way. Like I can do it one way. You do it one way. It, that doesn't mean mine's wrong and yours is right. It's just the way you do it. That's my opinion, at least. I And I agree with you. I think that when you find the perfect community for you, you've dialed into what's right and that's what you should do. And then like, I, I, the only reason I'm comfortable with 55% is because I know a lot of people keep their other cigars there. So that's why I initially toyed with it. Couldn't be happier. But also in Arizona, there's like a, there's a weird phenomenon that happens. It happens all over the country, but if it's really dry outside, like the humidity is really low and you go from a 70% humidor and you go outside and the humidity is 20, 30, 40%, and you've got a sudden variation of 30% relative humidity it'll start to pull that the air around you will start to pull the humidity out of your cigar. And so what will happen is because your cigar is layers of tobacco, that wrapper leaf will lose its humidity before the binder and filler leaves do. And as you guys know, like a leaf, when it dries out, sort of shrivels up. So that wrapper leaf, as it shrivels around humidified binder and filler will explode off the cigar. And so I, you know, you don't want to have a massive jump of humidities from the, where it's stored to where you're actually going to go smoke it. And that's what, another reason I really, really like the 55% is because really no matter the time of year, I can take a cigar out of my humidor at home, go outside and smoke it. I have no issues, no added issues with construction other than what you like would typically experience through the course of smoking some cigars. Interesting. So just out of curiosity, I know this probably sounds silly, but do you put like a, like in mine, I put 75% Bovitas is all I use. And that gets me right around that 72, 73 ish, somewhere around there. Do you have Bovitas that so low? How, here's do you, how, I, how do you achieve 55%? Here's how I landed on 55%. And this is the weirdest way to get to it. But anytime you get a humidor, you got to like, like dick around with it to get it to do what you want it to do. Um, especially because if you take one humidor, you'll have to do certain things to get it to humidify the way you want it here that you wouldn't have to do if you lived in West Virginia, right? And it would be different than if you lived in Minnesota. Like the same humidor is going to require a different setup in in a number of different parts of the country. And so humidors just kind of require that working. I bought this massive wine humidor. It's like six feet tall and it's got Spanish cedar racks in it that someone built. And I put a, I put like a cigar oasis thing in there that was humidifying it. And I hit 70%, but the damn thing he seals so well that the humidity just kept climbing. And eventually it got to like 73%. And then I got nervous and I unplugged the humidifier and, and it didn't go down. So I actually had to remove the humidification entirely. And when I remove the humidification altogether, my humidity drops down to like 55% and then stays there. And then very, like very slowly starts to drop. So every once in a while, I have to put the humidifier back in there for like a week or two. And then it maintains at 55% for another like six months. Hmm. It's like really weird, but this is some of the like dark magic you got to do with humidors when you want to like dial it into exactly what you want. Now I'm kind of married to this, like personally, it's 55% that I really like. Get some comments, Billy. Interesting. David asks. What type of lighter are you using, Tim? I've always wanted to know what these lighters that are shaped like small guns are called. Yeah, so I get I get a lot of comments about this, and not all of them are good. Some are like, what the hell is that damn piece of shit? 
the truth is uh, the owner of this company is a buddy of mine. And uh, he was like, I'm going to create this new accessory company. It's called Dissim, D-I-S-S-I-M. And uh, they got a lighter out that I really like a lot. But uh, the first lighter that they came out with, which kind of looks like a keychain dongle, it's, it's oddly shaped. This one is their newest one. And I like it a lot. Like it's got a really powerful single torch, which makes it good for like toasting the foot and touching up the cigar. Like anything I'd want to do with a lighter, I can do with this one thing. And it's, it's like in between the side, well, it's really too big to be a pocket lighter or something you'd throw in your travel humidor. So this is a tabletop lighter. And because it's shaped like a gun, I like it even more. Hmm. So yeah, Dissum's hammer torch is what they call it. The hammer torch. We're not on YouTube anymore, so we can't get super chats. So I'm just going to play pull blade waters right now. Blade waters. I recently bought a nub sampler pack and I'm just curious. What is Nick's favorite nub? That's his, a good question. His own. His own. <laughs> hey, my own yes. nub. Sick burn. I, I wish it was that big. Um, probably I would say Habano. I, I love the Habano nub. Why? Why do I love it? Just Why? the taste. I love the taste of it. Okay. You medium body. Which right my alley. I'm more of a medium, medium full guy. So like when I get into Connecticut, to me, I smoke more Connecticut reserves. And believe it or not, one of our number one selling cigars at Oliva is a nub Connecticut. Really? But to me, I'm not a big ring gauge guy. So for right. me, nubs have always been tough for me because I'm just, they just feel funny when I'm smoking them. Yeah. I'm not, like, I don't do a lot of big ring either. In fact, literally I got here this afternoon to set up for the show and do the graphic art and all this stuff. And I walked in the humidor and I grabbed an Oliva Siri V Maduro. And I was, I saw one that we had lots of boxes of, and I was like, okay, I'm going to smoke that one. And I picked it up and it felt thick in my hand. I looked at the tag and it's like the double Toro, the six by 60 size. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't want a six by 60. And I put it back and got one that we had fewer of because you didn't want to, I just, I just don't like big ring gauges, which is so weird because a lot of these cigar makers have been, have begun coming out with these massive ring cigars. They're like ultra popular. So I will tell you this. Being a smaller ring gauge smoker, I was told at our sales meeting, which was just a couple weeks ago, one of our salesmen who listens to your show every week, his name is Matt Mangini, he could be listening right now, great guy. He wanted big ring gauge cigars because I was in charge of ordering the cigars for the 23 salesmen right. for our fishing trips and all this stuff. So you can imagine how many cigars we went through right. for 23 cigar salesmen. So I didn't order any big ring gauge stuff. And he told me he wanted big ring gauge. So I ordered a few boxes of Milanio Double Toro. And he proceeded to force me and he's a big boy. So you got it. I mean, he's kind of scary. He used to be a professional <laughs> baseball player. So he kind of handed me the, the 660 and told me to smoke it. And when I smoked it, I was amazed at how good of a cigar that was. It mm. really was. So I challenge you to try one. Now, with that said, it's not going to be in my regular rotation. Right. But in my monthly car stock, my samples I ordered, I ordered a box of, of 660 Milanio because I enjoyed it. So why not try it again? Maybe we so. should smoke one together. Yeah. We have some smoking projects we have, to do. We now. have a lot of smoking to do. All right. Yeah. Good. Next, Billy. We got a new comment that I've never seen someone ask you before. You ready to become judgy? Yes. All right. I'm always judging. This is from J-Rye. He says, hey, Tim, in your opinion, what's the best cigar in my little collection? And now he's got a list for you to say what his best is in his cigar collection. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's do it. Sweet Jane slash Fat Bottom Betty. Man, I am horrible at pronouncing. Keep going. That's okay. Just butcher them. You're going to have to help me out. Me. Me, querida. Thank you. Liga Pravada, number nine. CAO America. Mark Twain, number one. Or Cavalier 
Geneva. Geneva Prospecto. Ugh. Okay, so I'm going to throw out I'm going to throw out everything but the Mi Querida and the Liga Privada. I and I'm, I'm just telling you for me. Um, if it was me, uh, I don't smoke a lot of sweet stuff, uh, and so Deadwood is not something I smoke a tremendous amount of. My wife loves Deadwood, so I always have some on hand. That being said, you know Liga Privada and Mi Querida are both like insanely popular, but you know when it comes to which one of those two edges ahead. For me, it's the Mi Querida because I know that the I I when it comes to Liga Pravada, I don't know who who manages Liga Pravada. I know who blended it. Nick Melillo blended it, and I know Steve Saka created the brand. But I don't know anyone at Drew Estate who manages the quality of that cigar. I know that it's controlled really, really well. They control the quality of Liga Pravada, so they're always good. But I know that Steve Saka is annoyingly for snickety about his the the quality of the leaf the quality of the rolling, like everything. Like he's in Nicaragua probably 10 or 11 times a year. And every time a shipment comes in, he'll bust open a box and just go over the quality of them. And if it's not up to snuff, he sends it all back. Like it's it's crazy what this guy does to maintain the quality of a cigar. So if I just had to bet on one in your humidor without seeing it, I'd bet on that one giving you probably the run for the best experience in a cigar because I know that the quality is out there. And like the Mark Twain one, I haven't had one of those in a very, very long time so that would be my pick good one billy thank you got another one for thanks you thanks for picking that one and no, everyone's going to start asking you that no yeah. uh this is from b detroit hashtag love cigars tim i bought my humidor watching one of your shows i went with antarctic star 24 inch yes i'm getting water sitting on the bottom shelf yeah. and the shelf is absorbing the water is that normal and why Sitting on the bottom shelf. Well, I would say check your humidity. Make sure it's turned down. If they, I have that same Arctic Star in my office right now. It's actually the one that I use for all the cigars that are like coming up in promotions. They all live in there. Um, and you really do have to be careful with that, not to overfill the reservoir for the humidifier at the bottom. Because if you overfill that, then it, then it will start to leak. And so you really can only fill that acrylic container halfway. Now, it's also possible that your acrylic container has some sort of leak in it. But if your water is actually sitting on the on the shelf above where the humidifier is, I would be checking to make sure that nothing's blocking the humidifier vent that blows out the humidity because something could be collecting water and then dripping it back or that your humidity is not too high. But I would start tinkering with that because the bottom of that humidor is where that built. And that's one of the things I love about Arctic Star is that it has this built-in automated humidification system in a humidor that's not $2,000 like the new Air One. It's much more affordable. But like, but also you got you to gotta make sure you dial it in. You know, with thermoelectric humidors, they also do require some of that like personalized dial it in stuff that wooden ones do as well. That's another good one. We got one for Nick. Okay, Nick, get it. Wow. This is from David. Hey, Nick, what did you think of H. Upman number two being Cigar Aficionado's top cigar? I'm sure it tastes good, but it's a Cuban, so many of us can't access it. Shouldn't accessibility be factored in the rankings? That's a really good question. I don't know how to answer that question because, I mean, how did I feel about it? I don't know. I, I To be perfectly honest with you, I think that a lot of cigar manufacturers pay money and subs not subscribe, but pay for their, their uh, advertisements and cigar aficionado. And I think that plays into a lot of that 
top 25 stuff too. So it just always threw me off of why Cubans could be in the top 25 because they don't do any advertising. But part of that and the same coin that I respect about Cigar Aficionado is that that proves to you that it's not just not just people advertising that are getting ratings. Does that kind of make sense, what I'm it saying? It kind of does, but a little devil's advocate for you. you can just, please. The parent company for Habanos SA is Imperial Tobacco, who yeah. owns Altidus Cigars here in the United States. That's Romeo and Julieta. That's Monte Cristo. That's a bunch of other brands. And they do a bunch of ad. They do a bunch of advertising. That's true. You're right. With Cigar know. Aficionado. So, so of giant tobacco conglomerates, of which there are a few, you know, STG, the Scandinavian Tobacco Group, is one. The other one is Imperial, and they own the controlling share of Habanos SA, who distributes all Cuban cigars. They also own Altidus cigars in the United States. So there is a fair amount of that here. You know, I, every year when the when the top twenty five list comes out, all you know, well, certain reps end up being like, "Ooh, are we? Where are we going to be on the top twenty five? Oh, of course. You are number five or six. Uh, I think it was six. Yeah, number six is the Oliva Serie V Churchill Extra. And uh, that cigar, it's a great cigar. And there's an Oliva so, somewhere on the top 25 list every single year without fail. There, there, I, I sure. can't remember a year where there hasn't been one. But when I saw that a Cuban was number one, like I was honestly like, oh, thank God. Not, like another cigar that I don't have to figure out how to try to find. And it's immediately back ordered <laughs> because when a cigar hits number one on the top 25 list, let's say that the uh, Cuba Aliados hit number one on this year on Cigar Aficionado's top 25. Nick's phone would break. It would be awful. It would be, it's well, actually, awful. it would be, it would be great, but it would be awful. It would be great time. and it yes. would be awful because immediately his phone would ring and he would pick it up and it'd be some guy at, you know, Joe shit cigars down the street and be like, I want 500 boxes of that cigar right now. And I mean, the, some reps can write orders for thousands or tens of thousands of boxes of that cigar. And like the idea is that these brands are not supposed to know that their cigar is about to get number one. Now, somehow these brands end up with an idea. I always get some guy in here that's like, hey, just so you know, this cigar in our catalog is going to be on the top 25. And they'll usually indicate like it's going to be top five. And I don't really know that, but I do. And a lot of the times they're wrong. I've seen them come in. I and did it to like, you last year. But yes, On Milano, uh, Maduro Churchill Church? Maduro. Yeah. Yeah. I did. Well, I did it to a few people. Was that on the list? That was that was in the top five, but the only reason I thought we were going to win is because nobody it, told you. You guessed it. I guess it was completely guessed, and that's I always I play the game when I when I talk to my people like you, and I say it, it is a guess. And I, if I'm right, I'm going to be a hero. If I'm wrong, I'm going to look like a little bit of an idiot. But I I would rather take the risk and have you order extra because right. if it's right, we're going to make a lot of money together. Right. And if we're wrong, then you're still going to sell a product. You're just going to have a little bit more than you usually do of it. Right, exactly. I, I don't know how other guys come up with it because yours was re your reasoning for thinking that your cigar was going to be on the top 25 was simple. The highest rated cigar of the year. It was That's literally rate. what I based it on. Yeah. And you're like, so it's got to be top five, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I think the fact that there's not an American distributed cigar as the number one cigar is, I think it's a, re a relief for some people and other people are probably feeling like they got ripped off. So. A lot of, a lot of times people have to understand that it's hurt Alan Rubin um who's a wonderful man i've had the pleasure of meeting him a few times who owns alec bradley cigars if i'm not mistaken a few years ago had an article put in cigar aficionado about how much how it almost i don't want to say bankrupted but really hurt their company winning cigar of the year because the amount of pressure that's put on a company because of the cigar of the yeah. year then you have to rush stuff out now when cigars are rushed you don't get the same flavors yeah it, it, my boss jeff 
has a line that I always laugh at, but it's so true. And he says, we're not making candy bars. Mm -hmm. And he says it and everybody laughs about it, but it's true. These are handmade things. So when we won, like our company in 2014, when we won with uh, the Figurato Milanio, that morning I woke up and my phone just blew up and I sold I think it was like $150,000 of Milanio Figurato, which was a fake number because we didn't have it. In our warehouse at the time, we had 100, it was like 114 boxes of Milanio Figurato. Because it was was the slowest selling size. Nobody wanted Milanio Figurato. Right, right. And then all of a sudden it got cigar number one and nobody couldn't have anything but Milanio Figurato. A Robusto wouldn't do, a Churchill wouldn't do, a Torpedo, which is basically the same cigar, flat bottom, wouldn't do. They had to have a Figurato. Yep. Yeah. So. You, you know, going back to Alan Rubin a little bit, this is something that, that I find fascinating because this actually did happen to Alvin Rubin, Alan Rubin, that Prensado Churchill got mm-hmm. cigar of the year in like 2011. And the demand was so high that they had to pump up production so much to try to keep up with the demand that the, that the quality of the cigar dropped noticeably, like noticeably to everybody. And so like, Al, like, and, and I agree with you. Alan Rubin is one of the most legit guys in the cigar Incre- industry. Absolutely incredible. I love that dude. Uh, he came out and just owned it. He was like, yeah, we did this and we're going to fix it. And then he did. And now Prinsado yeah. is, I mean, as true of a cigar as it's ever been. And like, I mean, but yeah, it goes to show that like when you get something like that, like it's like winning the lottery of sales in the cigar industry, your cigar gets number one, the demand suddenly exists when it didn't exist yesterday. And that creates all kinds of weird, crazy problems. What was funny for me, the my best part is all the customers. Cause you know, you have customers you like a lot and customers you don't like any other job. Um, but all my customers that I didn't really get along with who gently reminded me, you know, I'm the one who brought you here. I'm the one who did this for you. You know, don't forget what, you know, I was with you. I right. was helping yeah. you. And then it's like, hold on a second, man. Like, <laughs> get, t- you know, take it back a notch. You know? Yeah. So it, it's funny. All right, Billy, we got time for just a couple more comments, brother. All right, this one's from John Williams. When do you give up on a cigar that's poorly construct, constructed, burning terribly, and light up a new one? I've had to, two today that I just couldn't enjoy, but I'm too damn cheap slash stubborn to give up. Yeah, that's and and again, the answer to your question is different for everybody. Because if we just went around this room, I, I imagine you get all a similar answer. John, what about you? How long do you fight with a cigar? I'll fight with it. I'll give it a, a full third before I finally give up on it. Okay. I, I, I will actually try and work through that first third. And if I can't, then to me, my time and enjoyment it being ruined. I, I don't smoke a cigar as a goal. I uh-huh. smoke it as something I enjoy doing. So when I realize that I'm just not going to be able to enjoy that cigar, it's usually about a third of the way in. And it doesn't happen often. But when it does, I'm like, that one's out. We'll try another one. Yeah. Billy? I'm about the same. I kind of look at it as like a pipe. Like I want to sit down and enjoy it and I don't want to relight 14 times. Yep. But I also have the benefit of being close friends with a guy that owns a cigar <laughs> shop that I get cigars from. So yeah, I, if I light it and I don't like it within a few puffs, I get a new one. Yeah. Yeah. Nick, is that similar for you? A few puffs, you get a new one. Sorry. A few puffs, you get a new one. If it's something that I know immediately, you don't like the taste of is what you're saying. Yes. Very few times have I lit up a cigar where I'm like, oh my God, this is garbage. Right. Right. It's hard to tell that on light up because cigars change and their cigars. I'll be honest, cigars that I smoked at the beginning that I didn't like. And then in the middle, I'm like, holy cow, this ended up being really freaking good. So I usually give it about half. Now, if there's construction problems, that's where I draw the line because maybe I'm thinking too much like a manufacturer, but 
I believe construction is the most important thing of a cigar. Right. Yeah. Well, taste too, obviously. But yes. so for me, when like I smoked a cigar the other day that I'm not going to say who, what rep gave it to me, but I smoked it and it was super underfilled, like mm. crazy underfilled and it wouldn't burn right. And I just, I, I smoked half of it and I threw it away and I lit up what I wanted to smoke. Life's too short to smoke a bad cigar. Well, and, so. and this is where I think the variation of that answer comes in. Cause like we, we're all, we all have cigar privilege in this room. Like we just do. Absolutely. Like if, yes. if we're, if a cigar, if like, if I drop the cigar and it breaks, there is another cigar within the reach of me right now. I can just grab and light up. There always is for me. I don't give cigars very much of a chance. And like, if the cigar is a tight draw, I'll pull out my draw poker. I'll fuck around with it for a minute. And if it's not getting better, I just toss it. But also mostly when I'm smoking cigars, I'm doing the work of the cigar industry. And so I don't want my cigar to be the distraction from my job. I want it to be the relief from my job. Like if I'm really intently focused on something and I'm like puffing on a cigar and the, the flavor's not there because the draw is too tight or I have to touch it up a ton and it's burning way down one side or it's got the burning down the middle, the tunneling thing. I'm just like, nope, we're good. I'll go to go get something else. Because when I go to puff a cigar, like for the way that cigars work for me personally, like I think about cigars in two different ways. I think about them from the standpoint of marketing. Like when, whenever I'm, when I'm smoking a cigar, I'm usually thinking about how I'm going to present it to people. And like, what are the best qualities of the cigar and what type of cigar smoker is this for? And like, what promotion would it go into and what kind of videos would I make about this cigar? And so I think about cigars in a lot of different ways, but when it comes to just me smoking a cigar for my own pleasure, I'm usually here working. And so the cigar has got to be like, I'm in the middle of something, I'm working on it. I get a two second break. I kick back. I puff on the cigar a few times. I sort of look at what I'm doing, put the cigar down and go back to work. So it's got to be right. So I don't give cigars very much of a chance. I, I, I mean, I'm not afraid to kick out a cigar after one draw, after an eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch. And I'm just like, this is not going to work for me. And this is, I, I'm not going to invest the time in this. So I just boom, kick it and get another one. Can I also say that we've not always been this way? Josiah Winnes. 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 I was going to say Winnes, but uh, <laughs> uh, he says, I wish I could afford to ditch a bad cigar. And we I think have, that's most people. And that, that I think I just. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Terrence, I think Terrence I was, gets through the whole thing. I was going to say that also it depends on what the construction issue is, because when you say if it's just that it has a tight draw, I'll work with it a little longer than I will with other construction issues. See, that's that's weird to me because I'll work, on, a tight draw is the number one thing that'll cause me to kick a cigar. If it has a tight draw up front, I'll draw poke it a couple times. And if it doesn't work, I'm like, this is done. But if it burns badly, I'll waste a half a can of lighter fluid <laughs> touching up the burn, which I, which if you guys watch my videos enough, not during the, the videos for like cigar reviews and stuff, but during these lives, I'm almost always touching up a cigar. And I go through more lighter fluid than anyone I've ever known because I'll just sit, and like, there's something about like getting the burn just perfectly even and straight on a cigar that I love. Like the cigar doesn't even have to be burning bad and I'm touching up the burn because I'm such a, such a prissy about it. All right. We got time for the last comment right here, Billy. Throw it my way. Bro. MN Drummer 71. The only time I really dump a cigar is when there's too much of a nicotine hit. So I don't get sick. Oh, that's a good one. That makes a really good, okay. you make a really good point of that. I don't... I, well, you guys don't smoke cigars, multiple cigars every day. So I'm going to ask Nick, when was the last time you got nicotine sickness? Believe it or not, you're going to be shocked to hear this. Last week, I smoked two V's back to back. I Ooh. hadn't eaten anything. Yeah. Dude, 
I don't know, and I apologize, I didn't catch the name of who who posted. Emin Drummer. Emin. So basically, my advice, and someone very wise told me this when I was too young to legally smoke. <laughs> uh, hey, sorry. You uh, can say that now. Right? Oh, I can. Okay. So when I was a young man, I I I got dizzy, and my dad told me take a sip of of Coke, Coca Cola. Because the sugar, it messes with your sugar. And it works for me every time. I don't know if it's yep. mental. I don't know if that's really what's going on. But I crack a can of Coke or I eat a piece of chocolate and I feel like a million bucks. So and I can't keep smoking a cigar. I don't th throw the cigar away. I've heard people say they suck on sugar cubes. Yeah. Or, yeah, when it comes to the cigar sickness part, it seems like the, the quintessential thing to do is like either make sure you're, there's something in your stomach before you start smoking or have some sugar there while you're smoking or, yeah, the cigar is too strong for you and, and you should take it. Easy. I've done a couple of videos recently where I'm like, I'm certain this is going to make me sick to my stomach. Like I did a, a Dunbarton Me Kitita smoke down where I smoked three Me Kitita's and then I did the following week the Sin Compromiso where I smoked the regular Sin Compromiso and the Paladin de Saka at the same time. And I didn't get sick during either. The last cigar I really, really remember making me sick to my stomach was a Cane F. When I first got into the cigar industry, I was still just working at brick and mortar shops, like as a part-time guy. And I was like, I, I pulled out this Cane F. I was like, well, I've never heard of this. And I pulled the footband off and I lit it up and I was ill, man. I was like, I'm never smoking another Cane ever again in my life. But then I realized that I was just being a bitch about it. Yeah, yeah, you are kind of a little no. I'm kidding. Uh, really, that's all it is. It's just it's your blood sugar being low. So pop a pop a piece of candy or drink a yeah. coke and you'll be fine. B Detroit says I threw up and went back in, so I was good to go. a boy. That's another rally. Thing you just throw up. Just yeah, like you pull out the cigar, look at it, and just gag yourself. Like, oh, that's great. I got the greatest throw up story. When we had our sales meeting the Do other it. day, I want this. I have to tell this. this. I have one. to tell this. So one of my salesmen. I'm not naming names, but he might be my salesman in Michigan. And he, the guy should have been a stand-up comedy guy, not a not a uh, cigar guy. So we're sitting there and some guy walks up and he, I don't know what the guy's deal was, but he was bashing on his kids. He was drunk, but he was bashing on his kids, call them little assholes. And we all got kids and we're traveling salesmen. Like, I don't want to hear someone. I miss the shit out of my kids when I travel, right, you know? Right. So I'm watching this all go down and my salesman is sitting over there with a bottle of tequila and he's handed the guy's pretty drunk already and handed him the tequila. And then my salesman took it and he put his thumb over and act like he took a drink then handed it back. So this whole entire time for like two hours, the salesman's messing with this guy, hand him cigar after cigar, never smoked a cigar in his life. So he figured that he was going to poison him to death because the guy didn't like his kids. <laughs> So that night, this guy's hammered, throwing up all over himself. I love you guys. I love you guys. You guys are the greatest. So all night long, we had this guy basically throwing up on himself. We left him <laughs> passed out in the chair when we when we all went to bed at about 3.30 in the morning. When we came out to leave at about 6.30 in the morning to go fishing, he was still there in that chair. Oh, it was wow. fantastic. The great, probably one of the greatest things that happened at one of our sales meetings. So it was, it was pretty fun. Dude, getting into the cigar industry is one of the most fun things I've it ever really done. Is. It's and, awesome. I mean, notwithstanding the fact that I get to do this with all of you every single week, stories like that happen all the time. And it's great. Whenever you go to the trade shows, you're always looking for that guy who wanders in, stumbles into the trade show at like 1030 in the morning. Everybody's already there. And he's kind of like got the bags under his eyes. His hair's messed up. He's got a little puke on his on his lapel still. And those are the special moments that really bring us all those together. Are the yeah, those are the moments we love that bring us all together. Hell yeah, they are. Well, guys, I, we've blown our time for tonight. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Stay tuned for another great episode next week. So excited to kick off the year. There's so much more good stuff coming. Uh, guys, thank you again. This is Tim and the whole crew. We're signing off for Cigars Daily. See you all next Sunday.